Hey, I'm Kevin. Welcome to Maison Mission. Maison Mission is all about creating greater spaces for people to hear and experience the good news of Jesus. Uh, we would love for you to connect with us. There's a digital connect card that's going to be on your screen. It has a QR code. You can scan that QR code with your phone um, and it will take you to a form where you can send us your prayer requests. If you have any questions, uh, if you want to sign up for some events, or if you just want to say hi, we love to hear from you guys. Um, the prayer room is open here at campus every Tuesday and Thursday from 10 to 6 p.m. And that is going to carry on through until uh, the end of this week uh, on Palm Sunday, we're going to be resetting the room for Sacred Space Week, which is going to start the next week for Holy Week, and it'll be open every day from about 10 a.m. to 10 p.m., and there's going to be some different things that are going to be available throughout that time. We're going to be sending out an email explaining that, but one of the things I want to ask is if any of you would like to help to curate the room, um, which basically just means to be here to help people um, come and go from the room and if they have questions about the different prayer stations um, we're going to have some tra some training for that but if you have some time next week during holy week to sit in the room for even just a couple hours at a time uh, we're going to be doing a sign up you can sign up on the connect card or you can send me an email at kevin at mission.com to let me know if you have any uh, free time to do that uh, it's just going to be really great to have some people there to help people as they're coming and experiencing uh, these environments that we're setting up the other thing i want to let you know is that um, next weekend on saturday april 1st we are going to be serving at the Ronald McDonald House, and we're going to be feeding supper to some of the residents there. Uh, if you'd like to sign up to help with that, you can send an email to compassion at maisonmission.com, or once again, you can use that, that Connect card, and you can sign up there. Uh, last thing I want to let you know is uh, there's no way that we could do these programs. There's no way that we could continue to create uh, these greater spaces without the financial help from people just like you. And so if you'd like to give, you can set up giving through our website, maisonmission.com, and click on the button that says give. You can send a text with the dollar amount to 84321, select Maison Mission, and then just follow the prompts there to give, or you can just send a check to the address on your screen. I'm really excited because today our very own Melissa Kiefer is going to be concluding our series, Deep Clean. We keep playing with fire. Back when Maison was getting started, my husband and I hosted house church a few times, and we really enjoyed it. We loved our group, and there was always a ton of great conversation around the message, and lots of catching up with what everyone else had going on with their lives as well. I did notice, though, during the times we hosted, that I had some trouble focusing. While we were watching the message, I might be thinking, is everyone comfortable where they're sitting? Does everyone have something to drink? And as the message wrapped up and during discussion, I'd catch myself wondering if I should put something in the oven or start another pot of coffee. As much as I liked having folks over for house church, I found that my experience was different than times when I was just the guest and my only concern was watching the message and participating in the conversation. So that brings me to our story today from Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. 
As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. Does anyone else feel personally called out by this passage? This one has always punched me right in the gut because I know that I would be Martha every time in this situation. Not just the part where she's running around trying to get everything done, but also the part where she becomes resentful and tattles on her sister for not helping. If you've been to church more than five times in your life, there's a good chance you've heard a sermon on this passage. The classic take is that Martha should also sit at the Lord's feet and listen and not worry about the preparations she was so frantic with. But I want you to follow that story to its conclusion. Let's imagine that after that interaction, Martha left the kitchen, sat down to listen to Jesus speak. He might have talked for hours. And then when he was done, it would be dinner time and there would be no food ready. Think about that in a time when there was no takeout, no frozen pizza, no making things ahead and putting them in the fridge. Can you imagine what that would have looked like? I think Jesus would have given the same lecture he gave Martha about Mary, but what would Judas have said? Or Peter or Matthew? I was talking to a friend about this passage a couple months ago, and she said, when my pastor preached on this story, he said that we need both Martha's and Mary's in the world. Okay, I get that we all have our strengths, but with respect, that sounds like a message from someone who likes lunch to be ready after church. I heard another pastor online say that when Jesus said, few things are needed, or indeed only one, he meant that Martha didn't need to create an elaborate spread, just a simple meal. Well, okay, points for that, but it wasn't like Martha could just put some bagel bites in the air fryer and set a timer. Still sounds like a guy who likes to eat when church is over. When I think about all the takes I've heard on this message, I notice they all seem to come from a man. I know our society is starting to share housework better between men and women, but I still think there's a lot more pressure on women to be perfect hostesses. I remember something a coworker of mine once said. Her husband was really wanting to entertain more often, and she was reluctant to invite people over. Finally, she told him, listen, if the house is messy and the food isn't perfect, no one will think, wow, Mark really needs to step it up with his housekeeping. And Martha did not live in a time where men and women shared domestic chores. I mean, where was Lazarus in this story? It would not have occurred to anyone to send him into the kitchen to help Martha. The more I consider it, the more I think that this story is about the pressures our world puts on us to behave in certain ways and how bowing to that pressure can get in the way of our relationship with God. I think sometimes we have to make a choice. Do we do what's expected of us or do we do what we feel in our hearts that God wants us to do? I also have to rethink the impression I've always held about Mary in this story. I assume she was the younger sister since the house was described as Martha's and I always pictured Mary as being pretty immature and selfish. I imagined her sitting at Jesus' feet completely oblivious to the work her sister was doing. 
she either doesn't notice or doesn't care that her sister is struggling to get the house and the food ready for important guests. Now I wonder if Mary was aware that she wasn't doing what she was supposed to do in this situation. Maybe she made a conscious choice that she could live with criticism if it meant she got to be present when Jesus is speaking. The disciples will probably criticize her and her sister might not speak to her for a week, but this is her chance to hear Jesus in an intimate setting. Remember, this is the same Mary who would later break an expensive bottle of perfume over Jesus' feet and wipe them with her hair. Maybe she was truly not bothered by what other people think. So here's what I think this passage means. If you want to follow Jesus, you may have to disappoint other people's expectations. That's what Jesus meant when he told Martha that only one thing was needed and that Mary had chosen what is better. Martha was worried about the state of her house, the preparation of a meal, and the comfort of her guests. Mary chose to focus solely on Jesus. Can you think of a time when following Jesus meant disappointing expectations of others? Or a time when you met others' expectations at the expense of your relationship with God? Let me go a little further with this. Following Jesus may mean that you don't meet the expectations of others, but the real expectations you disappoint may be your own. When we're talking about spring cleaning, that might be what you have to clean out of your heart. Your pursuit of Jesus might prevent you from being the perfect host or hostess, the parent of an Olympic star, and the occupant of the house on the cover of Southern Living. You might achieve some of those things, but a focus on Jesus may mean other goals have to fall by the wayside. In other words, you might have to get over yourself. Think about my coworker who was reluctant to invite people over because she felt her housekeeping wasn't good enough. Do you think her true friends would have judged her for some dust in the corners or an overcooked roast? Jesus prioritized true connection with others. Could she have missed out because she didn't feel that her house was good enough? Have you ever had to let go of something you wanted to accomplish so that you could follow Jesus? I've been talking about hosting and housekeeping a lot because that's what the story's about, but lately I've been thinking more about work and rest. The last years have hit me pretty hard, both personally and professionally, and I'm feeling really burned out. I know I'm not the only one. I started reading a bit about the practice of Sabbath, and I ended up in an internet rabbit hole. I don't know if that happens to you. I stumbled across a transcript of journalist Ezra Klein talking about the book Sabbath by Abraham Joshua Heschel. Here's what Klein has to say. I don't think the speed at which I live in which I move through time, in which I see the people around me living and moving through time, is a speed that any of us really want. I don't think the habits that I've cultivated here are really good ones. So I've become interested in what this old practice has to say about how I live and how we live today. I have also been struggling with the speed that modern life moves at. I have about 20 more working years until traditional retirement and I wonder if I can keep it up at this pace. I've spent the last few months trying to incorporate practices that help me regain my ability to get through a normal day. So Ezra really got me when he said this, a metaphor we often use now for rest is recharging. I need to recharge, like we're iPhones that need to be plugged in overnight so that we can work again in the morning. And here too, Heschel has a critique of this. He knew it, he talked about it. He writes, 
Man is not a beast of burden, and the Sabbath is not for the purpose of enhancing the efficiency of his work. That passage got me, because it says we can be doing the right things, but we can still do them for the wrong reasons. If we're practicing rest, as the Bible instructs us, but we're only doing it so we can be more productive, we might be missing the message. I've read the Bible, and I don't see anything in there about hustle. I think we all want to cultivate a life where we put Jesus and our families and things we value most at the forefront. But our broken world will always pull us in other directions. When I read the Gospels, something that stands out to me is Jesus was most critical of people who followed the letter of the law but forgot the intentions. We can have great intentions, like Martha working hard to make sure her guests were fed and comfortable, but I think we need to stop ourselves often and ask, what we're doing, and why we're doing it. Whose expectations are we working to meet? Are we making an elaborate meal to impress others, but missing out on the chance for true fellowship? Are we resting only as a means to go out and produce more? Where are we doing what we're supposed to, but missing our chance to live the values Jesus encouraged? Where do we need to get over ourselves? Will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, please forgive us when we work so hard to get it right and still miss the message. Send us mercy when we are resentful, burned out, and feeling defeated by our expectations. Please remind us to pause often throughout our day to think about what we're doing, who we're doing it for, and our intentions in doing it. Guide us toward making the hard choices that bring us closer to you.